Hey good people, this is Sharika, EB, and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up. What's good, Kickback family? Hopefully you are having a great day wherever you are at. And if you can't sense it, you can see that the energy is slightly different from maybe the energy you heard from me last week. So if I got a number on it, I'm saying that I am somewhere in the low 90s, feeling good, feeling great, feeling godly, feeling gracious, feeling Mm. generous, feeling all the G's that you can think, because things are just well, or as some would say, things are swell in my neck of the woods. If I had a song for you guys, I would hit you with the one and the only little Duval of me just living my best life. Mm. things are good where i'm at but i'm here with two of my favorite people sharika and sabrina um how y'all feeling how y'all living how things going on on y'all live well literally right before we hopped on you know what it feels like when you have to throw up and like all this spit rushes to your mouth Ooh, yeah disgusting and nasty (laughs) right so that happened to me i've been having a fine morning do not feel sick right before we got that happened so literally, I was just cleaning the toilet when I was like, hey, hey, y'all. So I had a song. I had everything, but I'm totally thrown off because I feel fine again. I honestly just feel disgusted because I hate like bad breath or anything like that. So I'm sure right now I have to throw up breath, even though I'm alone. It doesn't matter. My good breath is for my own sake. You know, I just like <laughs> feeling like clean so I want to go brush my teeth I'm feeling out of sorts I'm wondering if I'm just dehydrated because I googled it I didn't even have anything in my stomach to throw up I won't share the contents because that's a little TMI but (laughs) I'm just like what is going on with me I didn't know it but evidently if you're dehydrated that can be one of the symptoms and I'll admit I just got back from Connecticut I had a work event and something that I do when I'm in the zone I often forget to eat or drink, and I'm already a horrible drinker. And I, Sharika knows I'm not even talking about like alcohol because that's not my vibe or soda. I usually just drink water a cup or two a day. That's terrible. I know when I'm conscious and thinking about it, or when I'm on my cycle, I always drink enough water on my cycle because I found that that helps a lot. But other than that, I just kind of forget. So between my lips being chapped and what just happened, I guess my mood is that I'm feeling thirsty and I'm going to go get some water and uh, yeah, try to get through this episode without throwing up again. Sharika, how are you feeling? Wow. Well, I hope you feel better, friend. Um, I am doing great. I'm on the EB wavelength. This energy is high today. I had a really good weekend as y'all, we talked about the last time I was going to it, uh, 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 women's conference. It was amazing. It was just what I needed. I felt the Lord give me a word for my next season, and I'm excited to see what the Lord does. And um, as I was going to work, this is going to lead into my song. I was just listening to a song about it was I was listening to like an old school gospel song on time God and I was just like praising the Lord and then the Lord reminded me of the song morning into dancing by 
Ron Cannoli. These are old, old songs, y'all. But when I tell you that song spoke to my spirit, so I, that's my song for today. I'm going to share the words. It says, he turned, which obviously comes from the Bible, but it says, he turned my morning into dancing. He lifted, he's lifted my sorrows and I can't stay silent. I must sing for his joy has come. He's turned my morning into dancing and all that stuff. And then it says once uh, the the verse is like, when there once was hurt, he gave his healing hand. Where there once was pain, he brought comfort like a friend. I feel the sweetness of his love piercing my darkness. I feel bright the bright and morning sun as it ushers in his joyful gladness. And that is exactly how I feel that the Lord has love has pierced my darkness and you know what? I see the bright and morning sun as it ushers in his joyful gladness. And that's my attempt today. I am on. Let's, I'm going to go. I, I would go higher, but because I don't like it too, too hot, I'm going 85. But this is this is great move for me today. So I'm excited and I'm happy to see what the Lord is going to do. So Sabrina and I, we talked about this last week, guys. And I just feel like we have to start the episode breaking this down because this is my first experience Sabrina has had more than once but we have to tell y'all about the Taylor Swift concert we told y'all it was coming up I told y'all we were going and we went I had a good time I had a good time we went with great friends so that's always fun going with people who are good time that was great for me um that you know I, there are some Taylor Swift bops that I loved. And so when those songs came out, I was, I was a hundred, I was on a hundred. And then there were a lot of songs that I wasn't that familiar with, but you know what? I still enjoyed them. Like I sat down because let me tell y'all when Taylor Swift was on that stage, it was for over three hours. Well, you know, she was in and out doing her little costume change, but her portion of the show was over three hours and y'all know I'm old. And, you know, like I said, we just, I had just came, I literally left the women's retreat and went there so it had been a long weekend so when there were the sounds that I wasn't that familiar with I took a seat but I actually still sat there and enjoyed them and I'm gonna stop there and I'll let Sabrina join in and say what her whatever she wants to say about it well first I have a question when you go to a concert what is the expectation and I think we kind of hit on this when we talked about Rihanna's performance at the Super Bowl I'm curious what is the general like what are the top three things that you expect from a concert? Because I think that could lead us into our thoughts about the Taylor Swift Airs tour experience. Yeah, so I would say for me, um, and I say expecting, because some stuff you just don't know, right? And I'm saying as a whole, but if I, when I purchased that ticket, um, I'm definitely anticipating, you know, old bops that typically mm -hmm. engages the entire crowd for this experience. Um, like I would highly dislike to go to anybody's concert and then you're dropping a new album on us at the concert and we can't engage or participate it, in it with you. Now, I'm not saying don't have no new songs because that's a, mm -hmm. a great place to be like, and this song is going to release at midnight or a song that released a week ago. So I would say definitely just, you know, basically your catalog as a musician, especially kind of like the same thing I would say for athletes, like you talk about or you do what you normally do, like be who you are. Don't change that. 
Another one, I would prefer some form of, because there's a concert, like I want to see the lights, the smokes, the sparkles, the fire. Like I, I want to see, in a sense, that sound and that design. Like if I want to go to a layback low-key show, then I'm going to see my sisters, a Lauren Hill or Indy Ire or Jill Scott. But if I'm going to a concert concert, like I would say those are more like shows and not necessarily a concert. But if I'm going to a concert, I want to see the setting or the environment. Like I, I want to see the works come to make that show feel lively. Like no matter where I'm sitting at, I wanna feel like I'm there in a sense front row with that artist. And then the last one, um, and this is more so selfishly, I love elements of surprises. Like I want to be mm. there. Like I was just thinking just the other day, I think it was um, J. Cole and he has this big thing called Dreamville Fest and I'm not mistaken, um, like Drake was just bringing out a whole bunch of different artists. And for those art, for those fans, like they didn't expect those people to be there because, you know, you don't know about those things. And I'm not saying you have to because there are some people like Taylor Swift is one of those people. A Beyonce is one of those people. Rihanna is one of those people. For me, a T.I., a Jay-Z is some artists. They definitely don't need that because of who they are. But if I go to a concert, I'm always thinking, like, who are they going to bring out? Like that one song that's a feature that you kind of know them. Like, I, I want that person to pop out on stage and be like. Oh, snap. I got a two for one on this concert. And I only say that because just a couple, um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I went to go see Dave Chappelle, which is a comedy show. And then to have literally almost every artist in Atlanta come out from the T.I.s to the Ludacris to um, Outkast to just a few, like just in almost these are hip hop artists, but all of them are out there. And I'm like, I didn't even pay for that. Like I paid to listen to Dave Chappelle talk about <laughs> the stuff that he was going on, but I like I got that element of surprise that was amazing. So those would probably be my top three. Just a person who's expressing their catalog, an element of surprise, and just the lights and the sounds and the bringing the show to life in a different way. You said most of mine, Evie. Mine would be, um, you got to play the favorites, you got to play the hits. Like we we do want to hear new stuff, but we really came to sing along with our hits. And I think it really depends. This one depends on the type of um um performer, or but I'm thinking I want high energy. I want excitement. I want to feel like I'm at a party. Like I want that that high energy. And then I I I want the visual effects. Like I want to see the thought put in through the performances, like what your stage elements are and things like that. So those are my top three. Maybe that would be in my top three as well. When I'm going to see a vocalist, I really expect to hear them sing live. And maybe that mm. is um, a naive expectation because- Wow, that's a good one But most mm -hmm. of them don't, especially if they're moving around. I'm saying most of them, we know Beyonce sings live a lot and it's incredible because she is moving around but many don't but I do expect at least to hear some of their vocals live and then the creative elements that you and Evie touched on I think that element of surprise is a really good one Evie mm -hmm. because it's not something that I expect but it's something I've always enjoyed I remember mm -hmm. one of the first times I saw Taylor Swift forget the, oh my gosh I better not have the COVID again why am I coughing no, it's not the COVID. Okay, I, good. I reduce that. I, reduce okay. that. I was going to say like, oh no, I think I'm coughing because I'm still, um, my body's kind of clear out what just happened. But she brought out um, Idina Menzel. I hope I'm saying her name right. But the oh, boyfriend, uh, she was in Rent um, on Broadway and in the movie and she played the Frozen. voice. Yeah, from Frozen. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being like so excited. So that element of surprise is a really good one. So now when I take all of that into like the perfect concert soup and then compare 
bite that we got from Taylor Swift. Once again, I'm leaving saying the same thing <laughs> that I always say, I will not be returning. But who am I kidding? I think enough time passes by and then I always think, oh, but I will get it this next time. It's like, Sabrina, after three times, you're not going to get it. And even my husband, who I think is not as a harsh critic when it comes to artists and music and entertainment, that sort of thing. At one point, he said to me, is she is she lip singing? And I was like, yes, most of it she's lip singing. And he was like, then why are we here? Like, we could have listened to the album <laughs> at home. And then he, later on, he was like, this is three hours. I'm not coming back. So... Uh, Doug said, and I know my husband, he is not like me. When he says something, his yes is his yes, his no is his no. So Doug will not be returning. I can do what I want, but Doug, he's out on the Taylor Swift concert. And I think that is because if they are simply going to lip sync, then it's more of like, like he said, it's an album listening party. And yes, you get to see them, but Mm -hmm. it's just about seeing that person physically. It one thing I think that doesn't help is our ability to access music. So like in the mm. past, when you really just had a cassette or CD that you begged your parents <laughs> to let you buy or you save your money to have, like if you got to see, it was a big deal. We didn't have the YouTubes when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And if you got to see them on TV, this is before you could play something back. It was like you had to be at your house at that time to see mm-hmm. the artist. So when you got to see them in person, who cares if they're lip singing? You're getting to hear it. You're not having to request it on the radio. But today, <laughs> I can listen to, I have Spotify Premium, no ads. Listen to it whenever I want, as long as I want. I can hop on the YouTube. I can go on mm-hmm. Netflix and see specials. So there are those elements that we talked about that kind of bring it to the next level. And unfortunately for artists, although we all know she is one of the best songwriters of all times. And why does she have to get more? I think if you're going to present it, like it's going to be more then it has to be more. And the present, like, you know, not to compare, but if you have a voice like a Whitney or an Adele, when I go, they can simply have the mic and I'm fine with it. I don't need you mm-hmm. to jump to the left and the right. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're going to put out that you're going to jump to the left and the right, then I really need you to jump. And I need <laughs> you to jump high. So there's like some elements with Taylor Swift that you know you're going to see at her concert. She's going to do the model walk. It works. She's got the legs. But at some point after three hours, you're like, Sistrin, are we really just going to keep walking up and down the runway? She's going to extend those long arms and span the crowd with them and then flip that wrist and make the fingers twirl. Right, Sharika? Um, at this <laughs> that is what she's they have a cue. They had a cue that could raise. And the first time it was cool, second, third. But the 10th time, sometimes three times in one song, you're getting on the cube, it'll raise, you'll move to left and right, and then it'll come down. So I wish that I could be a fly on the wall with the team that designed the show, because I'm like, I'm not asking Taylor to be a hip hop dancer. Although I will say, when she did do the eight count, she nailed it. And it was exciting. It was good. I don't know why they don't put more of that in there for her. um, Because she does well doing that. But they don't. And so for me, looking at it through those eyes, the show just gets a little stale. That being said, saw the concert, had to fly out to Connecticut for work the next day. And so many people in the airport, some people on my plane were like, we're going to try to see her again in Chicago. You should have seen it. It was amazing. So many people felt the show was amazing. I can't speak to that because I don't feel that way. Um, I feel like I could have stayed home, 
save the money, listen to the albums, as I often do, because I am a huge fan, even though I sound like really critical right now. I listen to her albums all the time and I can just pick anyone and I know every single song. Um, I don't love it enough to stand for three hours. Sharika will tell you whether I knew the song or not. Sometimes I was just sitting down because <laughs> the girl's legs were tired. Okay. Like it wasn't like I was seeing anything crazy. She was walking back and forth and that was good and dandy. Uh, but I will say, I love the element of being with friends and with mm-hmm. other people and the energy of all of us. Like, like I said to my friend, Tracy, oh, this is my song. And she was like, every song is your song. And I was like, oh, you're right. I love <laughs> all the songs, all the music. And I think that is what I'm paying for. When I keep going back, I think I'm going to go ahead and surrender the fact that I'm not really going to hear her live vocals. I'm not going to get a lot from the choreography out of her. Her dances were phenomenal. I'm not going to get a lot of like stage elements and presentations that I think would be very exciting, which once again, I will admit that I'm critical of that sort of thing because it's something that I've studied and practice and really, really love. So there we go. Taylor, you did a great job. You sold out Raymond James three nights in a row. Kudos. Mm -hmm. No promises that I'll return, girl, because you got to switch it up. If you're going to jump through left and right, then you really got to do it, Tay-Tay. No more of the model walks and the long arm going across the crowd, girl. I'm bored. In the face, she was giving face. Oh, she definitely gives face. (laughs) She will look at that crowd and and just stare and and at this okay are you done sabrina go ahead so here's where i'm critical i don't really mind low-key the the if i was going to see adele i want to hear adele's voice taylor i don't really care about your voice right now i don't mind i i don't mind the lip syncing that doesn't matter to me with her um because you know it's just not that big of a deal to me but I would say, like, if you're not going to be singing, then you, a little dancing. And she did, like Sabrina said, she did a couple, like, I would say maybe two songs that I can think of where she had a little more of a choreography than just the walking back and forth and the staring at the crowd and standing on the on the, the cube that goes up and down. And she did, and she did fine with that. But the thing that I was a little disturbed by and... um. I've been to, I haven't been to a lot of concerts, which I've told you guys, but the thing that I felt a little bit weirded out by at this concert with Taylor Swift was just the fandom and pandemonium. I don't know if that's the right words to say, but this, the, the crowd, yeah, I want the crowd to go wild. I want the crowd to be excited but I just thought it was a little creepy because some of the things that Taylor Swift was saying you know everyone says oh we love you guys but it was like almost as I I think I told Sabrina this I felt like she was seducing the crowd like it was just like I love you guys I need you guys she literally said I need you guys for my well-being and I said girl you need Jesus Christ for your well-being not these strangers and and I felt like there was people who were like literally eating it up as if she was directly talking to them and I think that's if I had the feeling like that's how her fans like why they love her so much like they really feel like they know her they're a part of her like there's like there's this connection and I felt sad because I was like I felt sad for the the crowd and I felt sad for Taylor because I'm like Taylor either you really mean this and that's really sad or you're just pandering and that's also sad because these people need the Lord and 
this is too much. For me, I felt a little weird by it. And I was talking to somebody else about this and they were saying how um, Justin Bieber, which I haven't been to a Justin Bieber concert, but they were talking about how in his concert, he you know, took some time to point people to the Lord. And I don't know what other songs he sang and how he pointed them, but they were like, yeah. Cause I was saying, I felt like really weird about that. She was like, oh, when I went to see Justin Bieber, he was telling people about how his relationship with Christ is what saved his life and da, 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 da. And I was like, see, this is what I could get down with. But, you know, I know everyone's not a believer, but it's the, I need you for my well-being that really took me over the edge. And I was like, Ugh, this is kind of weird. This is kind of creepy. But um, overall, I feel it was good. Um, I too do not no longer ever need to go back. Um, not because of just because it was good. It was a good experience and it was just the one I needed. Um, the the little stadium was swaying back and forth. That made me uncomfortable. EB, I know you go right. there sometimes. Does it get crazy like that where the stands, the, you're feeling movement? I felt scared. I would say yes, but oftentimes when I'm there, I'm not in the same location that you guys are in. So, um, uh -huh. Okay, excuse me. Basically, you said he got better seats. It's right. what he's trying to tell you. I did not say that. I'm just, I have been up there before, but so I will say yes. And the part of it is you got to think like, these are normal structures. And when that many people are at a place at the same time, that's what you're going to feel, right? It's kind of like oh, walking over one of those bridges. And so, yes, Ooh. every every Sunday, that's what happens in that stand. And that's why you have people who feel um, naturally attached, not just to a Taylor Swift, but I would say just in general, like you go to a sports game, you kind of see the same thing and you're like, y'all cheering and yelling and screaming like y'all know this person or like this person have a halftime show or a halftime interview and they're mm -hmm. speaking of like come on bucks let's go like we got this and you just like like y'all act like y'all grew up together and i would say for some people i know it might seem like that and this is not to discredit of course um how you feel sharika and how others may feel but you're talking about essentially i think now taylor's like 33 34 and i only know because she's around my age or whatnot mm -hmm. like 33 or so but like she dropped the album when she was like 15 16. So some of the people who are in there with you, like they literally grew up with her. So yes, they feel that sense of attachment of like, because of not just of like, we see sometimes, I can say we, some people see friends as people you really do community with day in and day out and you get to see them. But because of just the demographics of a lot of millennials and a lot of um, generation alpha and those who come after and, you know, generation Z, it's like, I feel connected to you through the digital world, through social media. So I'm like, I do know you. So if you tell me I love you, I really believe that. Like we have um, a world that's built off of connecting with people who you never have met before, never got a high five from, never got a hug from, never seen face to face. So I can see why some of those people will seem as if like she's their best friend or their role model, or if I dare say it, their idol, because that's probably the case for some of those people. Um, and that's probably not the case for a lot of people, but that's probably the case for some of those people. Um, I don't, I might be wrong, but I don't think it'll be as far as her intentionally um, trying to seduce her fans or not. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't sit with her. I don't sit with her team, but I don't think it'll that far. I think when you're at that level and you have a group of people who try to coach you and teach you of how to perform and how to execute your craft and how to be creative. Like some of those things literally just be in her in-ear of saying, say this, do that. Now granted you, you have choreography and a whole bunch of rehearsals and stuff like that. But I think that's more so of like a team atmosphere of like, this is how we get people to engage. And this is how we're able to sell out uh, an arena for three nights straight. And this is how we're able to go on an Eros tour where if there are no more extra tickets for people to buy, or this is how we get to have people stand in line for merchandise for 10 to 12 hours. You know, and mm. I think that's when you just have 
when you got that type of fan base, um, it may seem like that, but I might be wrong, but I don't think that's her uh, her specific um, niche or target that she's trying to do. But hey, I could be wrong. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't been. I can compare it to Beyonce. I didn't feel that from Beyonce. I'll just say, and that's only, I'm only saying her because that's the only other co- content I really went to. But I didn't feel like this, like I think there is a moment emotional connection with music and I think there is you know you can like see I don't familiar I don't know I just I think it was more of a I felt like it, it would just felt wrong it, it wasn't even it was just yeah I don't know I just can't explain it I don't know if Sabrina felt you've seen her more so maybe this is how she normally is and I just am not experienced enough with these situations do you remember the left behind movie at the beginning when the evil guy shot that person and then he like was like that's not what you saw this person shot themselves and everyone was like yeah what he said do you remember that evr i've never seen the left behind movies yeah i know yeah definitely girl you gotta now it's definitely a b-rate but i just (laughs) feel like that's part of like christian culture um just like camp it's just one of those things we know and we make jokes about it But anyway, I think with not just Taylor, many stars are aware that they have that kind of sway and they use it to their benefit. At a previous Mm -hmm. concert with her, she had a special guest that was coming out and she just was like, now everyone, pretty much she was saying, y'all act right for this guest. And even if y'all don't like them, I need y'all to hype them up. And then for me, as someone who's seen that movie, I felt like I was like, hmm, I'm going to do what I want. Like, don't tell me, but I think that's just a personality quirk and maybe mm-hmm. people who uh, don't like being told what to do or who are very much individualist or et cetera. So I could see how Sharika, somebody beside you could see, hear that and be like, oh, this is fine. This is great. This is Taylor. We'll do whatever she wants. And then a personality like Sharika is like, um, nobody controls my will but me and the Lord. So, you know, we'll just leave it at that. So in that mm-hmm. moment, when she gave us that direction, I remember feeling slightly like, huh, this is giving left behind vibes, but you know, (laughs) still I listen to the albums. So Mm -hmm. I can see how you could feel that way. But I also feel like, remember when we watched the, uh, the last dance and people Mm -hmm. were very upset with Michael Jordan because he didn't speak on the politics. And he was like, you know, Republican and Democrats buy sneakers or whatever. But then they felt like he could have helped change an election that happened in North Carolina where a very openly racist man won. And then the black man who was running running didn't win. And I don't know that Michael Jordan could have changed that outcome, but they Mm -hmm. were upset. Michael Jordan did contribute money to his campaign, but he was like, that's not my wheelhouse. I'm an Mm -hmm. athlete. Mm -hmm. I sell these sneakers. Like I'm not going to start speaking on things that I don't, I don't even know this man. So I feel like when it comes to Taylor Swift, I'm okay that she's not making her concert like, you know, and there's not an open altar call. I don't know how she feels about Jesus. I don't know that that's her wheelhouse. Um, as a Christian, I do feel like it's a responsibility of all believers to let their life be an example of Christ and appoint people to Christ and shine a light on that. But I have zero expectation for her to do that sort of thing, especially she might not even know the Lord. Well, so, I don't expect her to do that. No, I just it's this it's the I don't know. the I don't know. I want to say desperation, but it's like the thirst for her that she's which, you know, she want to make her money. She want to sell her tickets. So she got to get get the people to be thirsty. <laughs> yeah, they're already thirsty, Taylor. You're <laughs> really good. 
uh, you don't have to do much more. I mean, her music is incredible. Um, my husband was asking me, are we going to have the same kind of crazy traffic for Beyonce? Because we're going to go see her in August. And I was telling him, I don't think so. We took back roads anyway. So we didn't really encounter a lot of heavy traffic. And then he was like, oh, I'm surprised that Taylor Swift could bring in like a bigger audience than Beyonce. And I was like, well, you have to remember a lot of her music tailors to a completely different Taylor's, haha, no pun intended, um, to a completely different audience. She had people who were like me when I was, you know, early 20s, late teens who were a fan. And her music still, you know, relates with that crowd. So you have all of them. Then you have all the old heads. And then you have people who are older even than me. So that's just a completely different crowd. We know that the talent is vastly different as well. Like Beyonce, we will get entertained. I have no worries. Like I will always go see Beyonce if I can because I know I'm going to leave with top three, top 10, a million things that happen. And when I see Beyonce as an artist myself, I am inspired to create. You know, that is what she does in me. I asked my husband, what are your top three things from the Taylor Swift concert? And he was like, I can't, I can't really think of any. And I was like, yeah, same. And he was like, sorry, I'm not going back. Like, and I love Taylor Swift. And I, I mouth in saying every song, but if I could have like a top moment, like, Sharika, do you have, like, a top moment that you're like, oh, I remember when X happened? You know, the one moment I was looking forward to, I didn't miss because I was sitting down and the people were standing. Aww. I wanted to see her jump into the, the little whatever she jumped into and pretend like she was swimming. I did see the little swimming part, but I didn't see her take a dive. So I missed that. I will say one of the things that I did like, which or was exciting or fun to me, that had nothing to do with her was... The, the the outfits that everybody was showing up to Taylor Swift in. It was very intriguing. I said, I'm not even a people watcher but like that, but I was like, ooh, look at the people and all their, I've seen all kinds of things. So that was funny to me. But the best thing from the concert, I, I, I mean, the only thing is when she sang songs that I really liked, but I mean, that was it. And mostly the top experience was just being there with the friends. And so a lot, a lot of it really didn't have a lot to do with her. Yeah, well, I thank her for the music that she's created that's created mm -hmm. so many good times with my friends. And I hope she creates more music because Taylor, if you ever hear this, I, I am a fan girl. I love, <laughs> I love your writing. I love every song. I really do. Um, but the live experience, you're just talking to a theater person, Taylor, and my expectations are probably just too high. But thank you. Thank you for the good times. <laughs> I, I did walk away with three new songs that I hadn't heard before that I actually liked afterwards. So I will say that was a success. And what were they? Um, Willow. I really liked Willow. I don't know why. The verse, when she sang it in the at the performance, I felt a like I felt a different energy about it versus what the actual recording was. But both of them I liked. Um I think is it one is is it ready or not? Something about get ready, let's get ready. Something about ready. That was a bop. I enjoyed that. And then the one I think I heard that before, but or number one or something like that. I feel like yeah, the one. I feel like I heard some of it before, but I never heard like I feel like I've heard like pieces of it. Like when you hear like TikToks or you hear a snippet, but I never. I don't think I had ever heard the whole song. So those were three of the things things that three songs that I walked away with like oh I enjoyed that so I will say thank you for that Taylor thank you for singing the bops thank you mm -hmm. for creating the atmosphere yeah. 
(laughs) The atmosphere where everybody dressed like the ads, that was fun to see all the different costuming. Not fun to see people's butt cheeks. I think they're just Oh, there was plenty of butt cheeks. (laughs) There was. A lot of leotards, but honestly, I blame Beyonce for the leotards because the girlies <laughs> really didn't start performing in them until after single ladies. So never correct me if I'm wrong. Huh? Mm-hmm. I said I'd never seen them before Beyonce and now everybody got a leotard, whether you got a butt or not. It's, it's like, I don't want to see whether somebody has a butt or not. I don't want to see any of the butts or the butt cheeks. If I wanted to, there are new beaches in Florida. I could head there. I don't really <laughs> care to see that. I want to, honestly, I like, choreography I like a well thought out creative show with those surprise elements and like Mm -hmm. something that has depth to the creativity so that's why for me if I'm seeing something done over and over I'm like who was the artist who was the director that designed this they didn't think of Mm. something else they could do like the way it started with those beautiful soft floaty flags I was like oh this is about to be everything but then mm-hmm. it was just, it was good. But then I was like, ah, we could have really taken it to another level. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And there really were people from all ages. Like oh, yeah. I've seen old people. I've seen kids. I've seen everybody. Everybody was at Taylor Swift. So she does have a, I, you know, I didn't expect to see some, some of the older people. And they were just as dressed up and had their little sparkles and and glitter and all the things on just like the other people did too so people really got into it eb would you ever be interested in a taylor swift concert no 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 beef i think she's very talented but she's just not my not my cup of tea there's a lot of amazing artists but she wouldn't be on my short list of entertainers musicians artists creators creatives that i would want to go see you know, I told my brother, I said, oh, I get to go to Taylor Swift concert. He was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's so rude. I'm so rude. But he, yeah, he's not a, into the, that style, you know, as, as uh, like her either. But I'm glad I had the experience. Uh, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, an experience I, <laughs> not to go in the completely other direction, but sure, why not? An experience I am glad that I didn't have is what our reporting friends in Oklahoma had recently mm. when they left a recording advice with some top city officials. I believe it was at the sheriff's office. Really, they were trying to find out if those officials were carrying on conducting official community business conversations after the meeting has ended because they have bylaws and rules there that say you can't do that. But what he found was even worse. The conversation Mm. was about how they were basically said they can't just take black people down and lynch them anymore and how they got two holes ready and they know a private killer who could take care of the reporters. And this is why I said a couple of episodes ago, it's not white people having to pretend or actually be like oh we're black people are so scary I'm afraid of you Mm. and I know I'm married to one of you but there is hesitancy Mm. there and he knows it as does his family because white people are the ones with the power in this country now if you're a white person listening and you're like girl I grew up on the poverty line da 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 I'm not saying white people don't have struggles and challenges but when I look at who owns most of the world's wealth and power it is white people. When I get on a plane and land somewhere, 
like I did recently, I'm looking around. The first thing I'm look, scanning for is diversity because that makes me feel safe. I do not feel safe when I'm the only black person in the room. My experience in Kentucky speaks to that. My experience growing up in small town, North Carolina speaks to that. Why? Because of things like this, because it plays into the truth of my dad's statement of Sabrina, you cannot trust them. Remember, I don't care how much they smile on your face. I don't care how much they say they like you. You will always be nothing but a nigger to them. And I love to prove my dad wrong. But when stuff like this happens, I'm always curious, what are the white people saying when we're not in the room? Because I know what some of them are saying when I'm in the room. And that's bad enough, the microaggressions mm. and et cetera. So when I hear something like this, it doesn't surprise me. It just confirms. And maybe I shouldn't use the word afraid because I do come with the full force of the Lord's armies behind me. And I wish somebody would try me. Maybe I should use the word anxious. There is an anxiety in me when I am around white people, especially if I am the only one. And it's just facts. And if you're listening and you're like, oh, Sabrina, I'm one of your good friends. Yes. If you're white, <laughs> you're thinking that you are probably, you probably are. I have a diverse group of friends, but it doesn't change the fact, like if you're introducing me to your parents or especially older people in your family, I'm always on guard. Cause I'm like, mm. what is the fool that I'm going to have to deal with today? Especially mm. the white friends who think it's cute to tell me about their races. Well, it is like those stories don't, I, they're not a key key for me. Mm. If you have told me your grandma is this racist or felt this way, if you happen to be dating someone who's a minority and then years or months later, you're like, hey, come to this, come to this person's house. I don't forget stuff like that. I'm thinking, who? Not me with all this melanin. <laughs> Do, you're purposely <laughs> wanting me to be in this uncomfortable situation. Did you forget what you said? I remember, well, this girl was never a friend. She was more so just like, we all went to the same church and were involved in the same performance group. But Taylor was like, oh, her and her mom were with me at a Christian event in the mountains. I needed someone to do a duet with. She's a beautiful dancer. So I was like, oh yeah, let's ride it out. We're out to lunch. And her mom thinks this story is so cute to tell me how, oh, you know, when Caitlin was little, she just would tell people that she didn't like black people and they're laughing. And she's like, I don't really know she, what she meant by that or if it was just the color, but she used to just to say it all the time. And I have to apologize. And ever since then, I've always looked at her differently. And honestly, when mm. the stuff was coming out with the flag and the post she was making, it was like, okay, well, there's that energy. So the discernment in me was right because she mm. carried that energy right on. Because once again, the kneeling was never about the flag, people. Mm. But this recording and the things that happen behind closed doors, if anybody should be afraid, it's us. We're the ones who were shipped from one side of the world to the other mm. and enslaved and still face things socioeconomically uh, in the healthcare system, in the education system, financially, you remember what happened to Black Wall Street? We should be afraid of you. So chill out, Dilbert creator talking about, oh, white people, we should be, no, sir, you're the one. You're the one. I'm sure there are great Black comics who don't have the platform that you had to just not have a single white person in their comic and then when they do the white person's like yeah but I wish I was black basically mm. so that's how I feel about it zero surprises and it and it sucks because when my dad would say things like that I used to like feel so I don't want to say sorry for him but I used to just my heart would hurt because I would feel like you know Clarence that's in the past I know the KKK killed two of his brothers my uncle's 
but you know, mm. I'm like, that was then like, how can he be so distrustful? And I'd love to say the older I got, the more I felt that way. But the older I got, the more I was like, dang, not pops was right. Mm. So that's how I feel about it. I know that the man who said the thing resigned immediately, but I don't care. I want something worse. <laughs> that's horrible. I probably shouldn't say that, but I don't like that. He can just float around and live his life feeling like he wishes they could still lynch black people in Oklahoma. And he said that yeah. he knew contract killers. And he said he had two holes already dug. Like, seriously? And he just gets to be like, I resign. And then the police officers were like, oh, well, the recording was uh, altered. So we're looking into that. We hate, we have to speak on the manner. They did not mm. say sorry. They did not apologize, which honestly, they can take that and shove it up their butt. So maybe I should respect the fact that they're not sorry for something they're probably not sorry for. But mm. seriously... <sighs> I know history repeats itself, but I'm really not ready to go backward, not this far backwards. And I see what's happening with the laws and the books. And I know this stuff happened before Trump, but it was, he just amplified it, that energy. And I'm really, really exhausted. And I'm not an angry person, but stuff like this does make me angry. And I want to say as a Christian, and you know, I grew up in a body of believers and shout out to the church I grew up in. Because outside of like my small town, whenever we would have big events and get together, it was a pretty like diverse group. Like I would mm -hmm. see white, black, Hispanic, Latino, and I've seen my church around the world. So, you know, I'm like, okay, but then even within my own church, the shenanigans, just wow. stop. This sin that's in your life, it's really, really going to send you straight to hell. And I'm not going to feel sorry for you. I remember that story in the Bible. There was this man who was like really needy and he was on this rich man's doorstep and he would be begging. But then when they died, the man who was begging was in heaven and the rich man was in hell. And he looked up and he was like, Abraham, like, hey, send some water down here. It's hot. It's really not giving. And he was like, no, you you had your fun in life. And now mm -hmm. and on this side of things, he's going to have his, his fun. And he was like, well, can you at least send him back so he can warn my brothers and my family? And Abraham was like, no, if he's not listening to the prophets, if, he's, if the word isn't getting to him, neither will me sending back somebody from the dead. So sorry. Mm. So that's what I mean. I'm not saying I wish hell for you. I'm saying that is just what it's going to be. If you don't get your acts together, stop hating people because of the color of their skin and wishing you can lynch them, you little murderers, you little rapers, you little thieves. Stop it. That's real, though. That's real. And it's and it's just sad because you you, you know, one, you want change, you want better, you want growth, you want people to stop. And then and then but then on the other hand, you have the people that almost want to make you like feel like oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This is not so happening. The people who try to gaslight you into being like, oh, that was back then. That's not now when we have all this, this evidence and more and more things keep coming out that no, these things are still happening. And this is, this is still current. This isn't just the past. This is current. This is today. And so and then, you know, but then when, and, and when these things come out, you don't hear a mumbling word from them. You're like, oh, where's the, where's the, where's the energy now? Not a word. So all we can do is pray. Yeah. EB, did you hear about this? 
I did. And one of the things I would say, um, and I don't necessarily say on a lighter note, but it's somewhat something that all people should try their best to. Like some of this started by, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong, but like a father and son who were just like, we have to find a way to hold people accountable. And you have yeah. this office who, um, the sheriff's office and leaders within, I guess, government officials who didn't necessarily like this father and son match up for them. And they, they try to find ways to retaliate. And through this investigation, investigative process, these things come out. And if I'm not mistaken, it's from March of 2022 or Mar I, I know it was early 2022. So you're talking about a year or so. So yes, the officer resigned. Yes, the officer, but that's just like recent news, so to speak. But it's like, how about the other people who were in the conversation, having these casual conversations with them? Like if that father or if that duo wasn't doing an investigation from what I believe was a murder of another gentleman who was shot like with a stun gun or something like that, like we would have never received this information. And I just wonder how many other countless situations are like that around the world. Um, and I know Sabrina highlighted it um, just a little bit of something that always strikes I don't know. And I, like, y'all know me, I try my best to stay away from negativity and evil and all those things. But it's like, I don't like to hear casual conversations of how racist and evil your family is. Like, mm. what? Are, tell me, hey, you know, I'm not talking to my mom anymore because she said something about black people or something about Hispanics or something about Asians. And I'm like, oh, really? What happened? Then, then I might intrigue the conversation and ask you what happened. But like, it's nothing to kiki about it was like, oh, yeah, they don't really like black people. I'm like, oh, I know it's in your bloodline. Like, that's the way mm. I would feel. Like, that's typically would be my casual mm. response because it's like, this is who you guys are. And I don't like labeling or putting a shotgun approach, but it's always on edge. And I would say it to, like, and this is not to dismiss other people, but I'm on edge with some people who look like me. Like, I have family and friends where they're like, even you never come to Wanna Haven. I'm like, I get my haircut at Wanna Haven just about every other week. Oh, you never hit me up. And like, because I don't trust y'all. <laughs> like, it's nothing mm. to... You, it's like we're not gonna kick it. Like I don't know who you beefing with. Like there's a situation going on in my hometown right now where people are highlighting people's, in a sense, public records, their jail records, their court dockets. What some would consider, um, they have like this crazy top ten or top twenty snitches of Warner Haven, and I'm just like, dang. And I'm looking at these names mm. of people who I know, people who I give dap to, stuff like that. And I'm like, that's why I don't be talking to people because I don't want people to think that I'm riding with Joe mm. Blow from the neighborhood. Like, no, I just. Go to my people's house, go get my haircut, go to my fruit stand lady to get a mango nada and head right back to Tampa or Port Charlotte or Pensacola or Key West or Jacksonville or Atlanta or wherever God is calling me to wherever I'm leaving from. But it just sucks that we still have to have these same issues in 2023 that have been happening since, uh, what was it, 1619? I don't know, whenever the first slave ship mm. got but whatever it was. And I'm pretty sure it was bad things happening to minorities prior to that as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's sickening and it continues. And I continue to tell people none of these things will change until we get on the other side of heaven. That's facts because sin is sin. It's in the world and we just have to deal with it, unfortunately. Very true. Um, and I'd hope that most of you don't have like a darkened heart like me. I have a kind of jaded approach. And I'd hope I get to the point where I do, I can walk into a state or restaurant or something that's full of white people and not feel anxious. But that's just not where I am. I'm always in the back of my mind. I'm like, who are they really? Especially if they're old. I'm just like, mm, where were you in the 60s? Did you have the water hose or not? What side, what side mm. are you on? It's like the guard is up. Mm. 
uh, well, that was a good time. (laughs) 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 There is no segue to scripture after that. It just is what it is. But speaking of the rich man, I found, not found, I came across, I guess, two scriptures in my reading recently that I thought would be good for this part of our of our podcast. So I'm going to pull those up. They both have to deal with wealth and how that relates to the kingdom of God. Honestly, I'm surprised I didn't say one of them was when the rich man was calling from um, hell for like a drop of water. I thought you were going to. <laughs> I thought I that's actually, where you were going with it. So, okay, here's the thing. I've been reading through the Bible. The Bible app is awesome. And I've never mm-hmm. read through the Bible's message version. I have read through the Bible, New King James and the New Living Translation. But I'm like, you know, it's right here on the app. As Dr. Miller said, if you give the Bible 10 minutes a day, you can get through it in a year. So I'm just doing that program. And as I do it, anything that makes me chuckle, I highlight in green. So that's how I'm able to find them. But actually, Sharika, I found that story sad. And I was like, oh, I did not highlight it in green. (laughs) (laughs) It is sad because this is, I am a person of like, obviously this man couldn't have a second chance but i was like oh well can we at least try for the brothers like i felt bad about that i was like zing i thought this was like you know mercy and grace but there when he hit him with a if you won't listen to the people if they won't listen to the people who are living they're not going to listen to someone who died and i wanted to be like actually they might because that's terrifying but who am i (laughs) who am i to speak no but you figure they know they know the heart i guess I guess. Um, The first comes from Proverbs 13, verse 8. The rich can be sued for everything they have, but the poor are free of such threats. So I'm like, okay, are we really doing this? We're like, hey, you think being rich is everything, but guess what? There's some freedom. There's some pros of being poor. And then when we hop over to the New Testament, it kind of carried over that same thought of like how being poor can work to your benefit. And I know it's crazy for me to talk that way as somebody who lives in a first world country who really doesn't know what poverty feels like. And, you know, I'm sure there are times that I'm like, hey, it would have been nice to have a little more money, but I can't really speak to that in a way. Um, I feel like a lot of Americans, I'm not saying we don't have people here who struggle. We absolutely do, who go through horrible things just because they don't have the resources. But most Americans don't really know what that deep poverty feels like. Um, So then the other scripture, it comes from Luke chapter 18. And, you know, a guy came to Jesus and he's like, hey, what can I do to be a part of the kingdom of God? And Jesus is like, you already know what to do. Like, follow the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbors yourself. And the guy's like, I do all that. And Jesus is like, okay, bet. Well, get rid of everything you have and then come follow me. And the guy, the Bible says he just kind of walked away sad. Now starts our scripture, verse 24, 325 of Luke chapter 18. Seeing his reaction, Jesus said, do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom? I'd say it's easier to thread a camel through a needle's eye than to get a rich person into God's kingdom. Then who has any chance at all? The others asked. That ask made me laugh because they were like, well, dang, who has any chance? Because all of us have things, you know? Are you saying we all have to give it all up? And I think it really just speaks to mm. the fact that in in a sense, yes. And not like today I need to like sell my house today and give it all up. In the in the sense that what 
whatever God asks of you, you have to be ready to give up. Whether that is your house, finances, this relationship, this Mm. dream, this whatever, like you have to be ready to carry your cross and carrying your cross is not like the cute, like necklaces that we all have. Shout out to my mother-in-law, Barb. She got me a fire one from Hawaii. I love that necklace. Like not in that sense, but to know the context of carry, carrying your cross is what they did before they executed them. I guess in today's terms, it would be like, if, you know, the prisoners on death row had to like carry their own execution chair (laughs) before it get Mm -hmm. plugged up to fry them. Like it wasn't like this cutesy thing to carry your cross. And I think when we really chew on what that means, it's terrifying. And it is something that can make somebody walk away sad. And I love to say in my own life, it doesn't make me walk away sad because I know what's on the other side of that death is what the scripture Mm -hmm. says. And it really is life. And that comes from trusting and having the faith in God to know, you know, it's like that meme you see with the Jesus. He has like a huge teddy bear behind his back. And there's a little girl looking at him with a tiny teddy bear. And she's sad because he's asking her to give it up. And she can't see that she's going to get something even greater. But I think because of the examples in the Bible, and honestly, for me, things I've seen in my own life, we already know today that there is something greater on the other side. But if you don't have the trust and the faith, you won't believe that. And you will be like the man who walked away sad. So yes, that made me laugh because they were like, who has any chance at all? And Jesus' response to that was on their own, nobody. (laughs) Nobody Mm -hmm. has any chance. But with God, everything is possible. Girl, that's a word. I know. Listen, the Bible really hits. I know. You never lie. It really does. EB, what are you expounding on today? Life. That's what I'm expounding <laughs> on today. Life is wild and people will continue. Life be life. And, and I don't think people, I don't think we'll ever get to a place as a nation where we, 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 well, where we realize the dangers of gun violence. Um, just recently, just a few stories just to throw out there. I know most times when people talk about gun violence and talk about safety precautions and measures that have to happen or laws or legislative practices that are processes that have to be passed for the sake of the nation, um, it's typically in the vein of mass shootings. But I think of, I want to say a 20, 20 or 21 year old girl who pulls into a driveway, happens to be the wrong driveway. And as her and a group of friends are like, oh, this is not the right house. We just pulling in to reverse out. A man comes out, he fires or from his porch or something like that. I think it was in New York. Don't quote me on that, but you can look it up. He fires into the vehicle. He kills the young lady. Like she loses her life from pulling into a driveway. Or I think about a 16-year-old um, sixteen-year-old kid who instead of, this is an example, I think it's Terrace and the other one was Street or Avenue mm-hmm. or something like that. But it's a 16-year-old kid who goes to an address and just think about your address. Think about that number. Think about that street. And if you're on a street or you're on an avenue or you're on a boulevard, think about that. But somebody goes to the opposite side of town and they just pull into it while they go in, they go knock on the door and not even opening the door, not seeing this 16 year old kid as a threat, but you just fire through the door and one goes to the head. I think one went to a chest or a neck area. Now, granted, he survived and thank God for medical professionals and those who came to his aid as 
Oh, well, I'll get to that point. Medical it came to a medical aid for him after a while within the hospital. And shout out to over however many donors and those who gave um, where I think the last I looked, it was over a million or so dollars on his GoFundMe for, you know, medical costs and court fees and all of those things. And I would say I, I, I pray I pray a blessing on those two or three homes that this young kid, and I know for some of you, you don't like black people and that's okay. You don't like minorities and that's okay. That's between you and God. I hope you have a, I don't even say a jacket. I hope you got an ice box where you're going because that's what's going to happen eventually. But for those two or three homes that a wounded individual, a wounded citizen, a wounded person, a wounded child of God knocks on your door and you fail to help those that are hurting. I salute and I'm happy that from what I understand, the family of that did or the lady who did open the door and call 911 and get an ambulance. She was like, nope, I don't need to be noticed. I felt like that was the right thing to do. But like what would happen in a world where everybody on that block was just like, I don't know who that is. I'm not helping them. Like, I don't know. Who, I don't mm. the, person, the person who shot him might still be shooting. And I understand those mm. fears. Those are normal fears of life. But you like if you didn't hear extra gunshots, if you didn't hear people chasing down the streets, like as nosy as y'all people is, y'all nosy with people walking through y'all neighborhoods. Mm. Y'all call the police about people walking through your neighborhoods. Y'all call the police on, I'm just thinking of stories I've heard recently of, because, you know, Amazon allows people to have their personal vehicles to you know, deliver things, right? It's not always in an Amazon vehicle where you're getting your packages. People don't know that, but that sometimes happened. But you guys are calling police on Amazon couriers who are in personal vehicles. But you got a person who's wounded from a gunshot in however many of those homes were like, I'm just going to ignore it. Not going to help. And I don't know what it is because we have all types of crazy laws, but like, I feel like yeah, there has to be like a, a bystander, a bystander did nothing law in this world, right? Like, and I'm not saying for everything that happens, I'm not talking about, oh, somebody speeding and you don't slow them down. But like in a case where life and death is on the line, like y'all, y'all, we throw people in jail for all types of stuff. There's laws in certain states of like, you can't water your grass on this day. You can't walk mm -hmm. your dog on this Like It's all types of crazy laws that we have. But I'm like, and nothing's going to happen to those people. And then for those just different cases. And then recently, um, there's a six-year-old girl. Like, I know most times you have a lot of adults. You have a lot of, and I say adults because you might have some teens who feel this way, but there's a lot of adults. There's a lot of Gen Xers. There's a lot of baby boomers. There's a lot of um, silent generation people, just those who are parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who are like, these kids never go outside. These kids never do anything. These kids just stay in front of their tablets, their laptops, their phones. They stay on social media. They have no social skills. And you have a six-year-old girl who's playing with what, what seems to be, I think, her either older sister or mom and dad or mom and grandfather, but playing, playing outside with friends and family. And a basketball rolls into the yard of a neighbor. Neighbor is so irate about a bouncing ball and a ball in his yard where he fires towards the six-year-old girl, shoots her, shoots her relatives, and thank God none of them have currently been deceased. But I think one of them are is in critical condition. And now this armed gunman is on the loose and to this state or the city or these officials, you are terrible for only offering a thousand dollar reward for this fugitive. Mm. Wow. I don't even have to see a picture, but I'm confident that that person don't look like me in skin tone. I'm confident in that. Now I will say the person, the victims are of what seems to be Caucasian descent, um, according to the pictures now, or I would say of European descent of some kind, but I'm confident that the shooter is as well.
Like we have people who are, oh, I got a speeding ticket or, oh, I got a broken tail light or, oh, I got this. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to like, oh, you're trying to pull off or oh, I'm going to shoot into that vehicle. But you're offering just a thousand bucks for a life that could have a precious. Now, all lives are precious. But like you're talking about a six year old girl. And it continues to show the irresponsibility of so many gun owners. Like I know some people, because the excuse that you get a lot of times when it comes to law enforcement and safety and they're like, well, how about if somebody pulls out a gun on a police? I would love to know those statistics. I would love to know it. How many traffic infractions are, or traffic, how many times cops are pulling people over, over like throughout the nation and how many people are firing a gun towards them? Like I would love to know since a lot of, a lot of people love stats. I would love to know that stat compared to stuff like this where it just senseless gun violence day in and day out, whether it be mass shootings, whether it be personal beefs, whether it be family beefs, whether it be a story that happened a couple months ago in Miami where three or four um, kids of African descent playing with a gun and thought that the gun wasn't loaded. And one kid, he's playing with it, he pulls the trigger, he shoots a 15, 16-year-old kid who was a star quarterback at a local high school getting recruited by a whole highly recruited D Division One player and loses his life because kids want to play around with guns. And I would say mm -hmm. kids, adults, people, it's just senseless gun violence. Like, like there has to be something better that can be done. And these are some of the days personally where I struggle with, where I'm like, God, I know you give us free will, but why? Mm. Like this one of those moments to snap your finger, like pull a Noah, start telling people, people who don't get their act together with, with guns, like hop on this. Well, I would say hop on this boat, but you you know what happened last time black people hopped on the boat. <laughs> oh. But in general, like God, like, I don't know, let your way be known through one of your prophets who are here on earth. Because this ain't it. Or just come back, because that's what really should happen. Like, you know, I feel like I know where I'm going if you were to return right now. Um, but this is just sickening. And it, it continues to happen. Like you can, I bet you can Google a state out of all the 50 states, you can Google one and put Alaska gun violence or Alaska gun crime today. And I'm pretty sure something, something has happened. And that's the world we live in, like where so many things happen where you get filtered into like you don't even know the amount of stuff that happens within our world. And that no. that's just not healthy or helpful. Um, so really I'm expounding on just better gun safety. Um, I'm a gun owner. I am a concealed weapons permit carrier, however you want to call it. But like, you probably won't ever see my name in any of these type of things. I try my best to be very, very responsible in how I conduct myself. And I would hope that more people did the same thing. And I don't, and I would also say a jab towards, I don't say a jab, a critique towards our judicial system and our, I would say our judges and attorneys and prosecutors, all of those. But like also, until you start giving people real deal crime, like real deal time for these situations, these things will continue to happen. And I'm not saying like, uh -huh. oh, it starts today, it'll start. But when I think of one of my cousins, and I'll just use a nickname, when I think Pop, he gets 18 years for tax evasion, for hoarding, hoarding money inside of his home, not the drugs that he had in the house, because he y'all ain't arrest him on the drug charges. Y'all didn't arrest him on the guns that he had in the house. But for hiding money from the government, you give them 18 years of federal time for that when I'm pretty confident some of these acts of violence that have happened are not getting those same sentences. Or there's people in drug like drug charges for more time than that. Or people who are alleged, alleged criminals who haven't been convicted have spent more time sitting and getting court dates recycled and recycled until somebody wants to say, oh, I think we have enough evidence now.
And it's like these things are either caught on camera at times or there's eyewitnesses or the person will sometimes come and even admit it to say, yeah, I did it. What you going to do about it? Because of the amount of privilege that just continues to happen in this world. So I don't know if you got people who you love, um, who owns gun, just find ways to make sure that they're more responsible. If you're in a position of leadership where it seems that guns seem to be highly talked about or it's something that's prevalent within your community, I don't know. Speak to your local law enforcement, speak to your local gun ranges, your gun stores and say, hey, are you willing to come and do a training? I don't know. Do some form of education or training for the people who are within your community. So at least we know more people are getting educated in some way, shape or form. I don't know. That's all I got for you guys. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy about all these things. And just the lack of humanity, I think, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, and that people feel so on edge. And I'm like, is it really mm. like this? Or, or are people just so on edge that you, they are constantly feeling like their life is in danger? I've said before up here that I know I could kill if I felt like somebody was trying to kill me, hands down, kill me, my mom, if I saw them like raping a child, like I could do it without a second thought. And I just go to court, plead guilty, do my time. Because some things I'm like, yeah, you just got to die. Um, but I don't think it's someone knocking on my door. Even if I was in a physical fight with someone, I wouldn't be like, Hey, if I get beat up, I get beat up. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to come back and shoot them. Cause a fight, mm -hmm. like a physical fight is different than if someone's like, I can tell they're trying to like kill me versus we're just fighting in the parking lot because I don't know, you took the spot I wanted. And now we've got like a little mini road rage kind of a situation. Um, I did have a conversation with colleagues recently where they were saying since the pandemic crime has gone up which I am shocked. I would think it'd be the other way around because people have been just, you know, cooped up really. But they were like, no, the amount of violent crimes especially has increased. And like, are yeah. people on edge? Yeah, and that's what that's um, exactly what it is. I would say, Sabrina, people are on edge because we also still live in this raggedy behind world, um, which I won't get into too much of it, but I think it was like, I don't know, like almost... Seven eight hundred seven hundred eighty-seven or eight hundred billion or eight hundred seventy-eight. I don't know some crazy number where Fox News got so sued for their defamation against. Um, I think it was Dominion, but some voting agency of you know the conspiracy of the election of 2020. But a lot of these people. I'm not saying this is political, but a lot of these people gather their information from mainstream media that breeds a sense of fear into the world. So people are naturally on edge simply because of what they see on news. Like they're not even experiencing some of these things. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like I can't speak for everybody, but come on, Sabrina, Sharika, like outside of us probably going out and I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for us three on this pod. Outside of us going out to places where we're on edge and say, I got to watch that person. I got to watch that person. Like we're not going places where like, I probably should attack that white person today. Like that's not the process. For the, no, <laughs> exactly. But that. for them, they <laughs> see people and they 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 see a sense of fear. Like we walk around, I'm like, it might be time for me to leave because I need to go back home where I feel a little more safe. But right. some of them get to a point where somebody says, "Hey," and they're shooting. You mean tell me somebody knocks at your door and your first thought is to shoot through your door? Like you don't that's see wild. no gun, you don't see no. I'm gonna kick your door down, or I'm here to rob you, or I got a ski mask on. I'm knocking on your door, and your first thought, not open the door. Hey, what you want? Even if you hit the 
get the gun by the side or you didn't answer the door at all and you was like i'm gonna see if they're gonna sneak in because if they do then i'm gonna shoot them but like you just gonna shoot straight through your door that's your first thought or basketball rules it's just like this paranoia and this everybody is out to get them like you hear it through the stuff that they say like you got presidents sitting presidents at the time or former presidents or their greatest and i say greatest because that's the way they look at these people their greatest politicians look what they're doing they're coming to take all of our jobs what jobs you know <laughs> un unemployment was before like before this mass immigration that we see from our southern border like it's been like unemployment been a thing oh y'all don't want to go pick y'all don't want to work in agriculture and go pick pick fruit oh okay oh y'all don't want to stand outside of home depots and work under the table to do construction what jobs are they taking because your boy and i said on the podcast your boy be applying for a lot and i'm not getting them so what job like well, they ain't taking my job well, for okay like are they taking mines too because i ain't finding them and most of the jobs oh, yeah. that I'm applying for, they can't get it because you know what? They don't have any sense of a permanent residency or they don't have certain jobs of like, you're not a U.S. citizen or you're a non-resident alien or mm -hmm. you don't have the legality to work. Like, so you have these, these I guess you could say these triggers that they throw out into the world and you got their their fan base because that's what it said exactly. That's essentially what it is. But you have their fan base who are just soaking in everything that they say, and they're allowing mainstream media to breed a sense of fear on them where they are definitely on edge. So on, on the same vein, like, did y'all see the video? This wasn't a violent one, but this was a man losing his mind on an airplane because a baby was crying. Did you guys see that video? Yes. Whoa. Yes. And Can I was blown because I wish another man would have stood up and slapped. Well, let me be quiet. Yes. I wish other people would have found a way to address the situation in a a manner conducive of the situation. I wish. I Like, I've been on, and you can ask Judith, for those who don't believe me, but there's been times where, like, on a flight, and you hear people say little murmurs, and I'm like, like, okay, what you going to do about it? Cause I like, and I'm not saying like, cause it'd be days where people who know me, it's been a minute since I, and I'm not saying I'm out here to try to fight people, but I've been, I've been on like Sabrina, I've been on edge. I've been on edge where I've been trying to itch and feel like, it, it, are mm. my hands still there? Is oh, it still wow. intact? Do I still got the left hook? But I was hearing stuff like, or just a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so I'm on a flight where this man is on a 10 to say like he cussing and storming right behind, literally right behind me, the road right behind me. Are you effing guys serious? Are you gonna let that lady get her back by herself? But if you look at the crowd, it's literally five or six ladies surrounding one lady as this lady is struggling to get her back. But there's no other way that a guy would be able to push through. And also, we live in a world where some women just be, or I can say some women, some people don't like aid from other people. And so I'm just saying, I'm just like, hey, you always can squeeze through. Like, why are you yelling at them? Like, they can't squeeze through either, like, unless Oof. they push everybody out the way. And y'all know how it is. You on a plane. It's like, we just landed. Where are you going? Like, unless like, you got a connection flight. And then and it's nothing you can do. You can't, it's nothing you can you, do. So nobody's going to fight through. Nobody's going to fight through. But yes, I've seen that video and I'm just like, oh, like even those moments or the ones where people be hitting airline employees. I'm like, God, God, you know what you'd be doing. Because I wish you would put me on one of these flights. Like, we both getting famous. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pray for you, Evie. But it was really, so this baby was, so this man was screaming at, screaming because a baby was on the plane and he said the baby had been crying for 45 minutes and they were like, sir, you're, you know, you please stop yelling. He's like, well, the baby is yelling. The baby is yelling and y'all, how about we, we in a tin can and this baby is screaming for 45 minutes and y'all like mad at me. I was like, so this, this man was just really going off and that, this is what I'm like, 
people really must be on edge. You're on a plane screaming about a baby who won't stop crying. Like, what is going on? Like, I understand that is very annoying that I don't have kids, but it is annoying. But it's also a child that can't do anything about, like, a parent can try their best, but they can't make their baby stop crying in, in, a, in a confined space like that. There's nothing they can do. I would say, put on some headphones and shut up. I don't even like using the word. I don't even like using. I don't even like using the word "shut up." But that's essentially what you got to do. Very much so. That's that's wild that someone would just try to speak into someone else's family. Like, are you also going to contribute to the college fund and the diapers? Are you helping me raise this baby? Otherwise, screaming, cussing, and going off because the baby was crying. Like this is how a baby. Oh my gosh, people are very much on edge. And I just yes. I wonder what it's gonna take to like, you know, when like there's a fire and well on TV, it's not real life, but there's like that little fire and then they just come and they throw the little bucket of water on it and it's like, ah, everybody breathes a sigh of relief. Like I feel like that's where we are. And I don't know if the fire started when Trump started with all his negative reg- rhetoric mm. or what, but I feel like the fire is just growing. And we mm-hmm. need we need that bucket of water to just throw. I, but I only feel like that surprisingly when I'm viewing stuff online. When I am mm-hmm. with people in person, and I have been with all kinds of people, people who are on both sides of the political spectrum, whatever. I don't feel that. Maybe I would have felt that if I was there, that mom and that guy was like cussing. Honestly, I would have had somebody hold my baby and I would just fight. Once again, probably with Liz, but I don't care. But what we're not going to be doing is all of that, sir. Like, Sharika oh, will tell baby, you please. after the oh, uh, my Taylor, baby. right after the Taylor Swift concert, this woman wasn't paying attention, bumped square into my husband. And I will say what I could have done is make sure my husband was okay first. But I know my husband. Physically, I knew he was fine. But my husband, who's usually the most gentle person, unless he's like playing video games or something, was like, idiot. Like he screams it out loud at this lady. And so then I look at my husband. She didn't even have a chance to say, sorry, I apologize. I'm like, babe, if I'm a woman and I bump into someone and before I can even say sorry, somebody calls me an idiot, I'm getting away as fast as I can because I'm not trying to do all that. And he was like, once he calmed down, he was like, yeah, you're right. But also she bumped into me and I'm like, you're right. And she should have been paying attention. But I'm like, is that where we're, where we are? We're just so like ready to fight. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we say, oh, we could, at this point, we just got to wait for the Lord. Because I'm just like, is it going to get better? I don't know. How? Definitely. Definitely. But um, yeah. So that's how it is. I know y'all got a lot of stuff going on in your life and we wish you the best in all of the things, this is for our listeners, um, the things that you got going on. If there's, again, topics, discussions, comments, stuff that you want us to chime in on, we are always here for you guys. And we're going to dive into what we are going to recommend. And I'm going to start off. This is not a video. This is not a book. This is not a podcast. This is just something simple for those of us who are always trying to figure out what's the next step in life or what's the next maybe big purchase, or maybe it's just cleaning up your current situation. And I want to recommend to all of you out there, do not, I'm going to say it one more time, do not, last time, do not spend exorbitant amounts of money for someone to clean up your credit report. Please, please, Mm. please don't do it. I say that because about 
four or five years ago, I was like 570, 580, you know, having family members put stuff in your name, um, getting a credit card right out of high school and not knowing the process and the predatory practices of credit cards. Shout out to Bank of America. Um, or just, you know, just not knowing the situation or not knowing that late payments on a student loan um, can negatively impact or affect you. My current score, and I'm just throwing it out there because I feel so proud, so excited, but my current score is at 765. Okay, 765, Blair. where I have <laughs> disputed, especially for the past four or five months, mainly the past month, past two or three weeks, but I just disputed a lot of my, um, and I say a lot, really it's just my student loans where it went from, hey, you got like seven or eight late payments. And, you know, and I'm like, I never was really late on student loan payments. It's just, yeah, I was sending them to my address when I was a kid in Winter Haven and I never got it. So I didn't even know I owed y'all. I know I owed y'all because I know I had student loans. But when you find a way to just know how the Fair Credit Reporting Act works and all of those things, and you basically um, continue to just be persistent in your approach to experience Experian and TransUnion and Equifax and your student loan companies and with the shuffling of student loans from the federal government, passing them to this company and that company passing to the next company, you get to a point where people lose track of not necessarily how much you owe, because owe, owe, they know that, but they don't have <laughs> those bills and those invoices that they sent out. So you said, can you send me proof what address you use and when did you send it? Because I need that. And once you send those type of things, things get changed. So now on my current credit report, it shows that I have an excellent credit history um, as far as payment. Let me take that. Excellent payment history, which made my score recently jump from 701 to 765. And I was like, look at God. Um, hmm. So I'm out here to help you guys. And, you know, if you need help, I can give you the template or the words that I use to try to make it happen and you just have to be persistent and consistent and keep on getting on their nerves until they tell you we're going to do it because that's what's going to happen because you have all the right in the world to inquire about your stuff in your life in your credit history so yeah that's what i got check on your credit and if you got good credit just don't let nobody else use it don't don't put no don't put yourself <laughs> Don't put yourself in a situation where, you know, you can be back to the sixes and the fives real quick. Mm. That's all I'm mm. Sabrina, so Sharika, what y'all got for the people? I'm just going to say, first of all, I want to give honor and glory to God that my health has been restored. A miraculous Praise healing the Lord. has occurred. And honestly, I think throughout the podcast, I've been like sipping on some water and I just feel so much better. So my recommendation is to drink water. And after mm. you throw up, like rinse your mouth. Like, oh, oh, this is a real recommendation. Always have extra toothbrush heads in your home. If you use a mechanical toothbrush or just extra toothbrushes, if you entertain visitors, it's nice sometimes to have if they forget theirs. And for yourself, you really should be changing your toothbrush head or your toothbrush every three to four months anyway. But mm -hmm. after a situation like this, I'm not using that same toothbrush tonight. So make sure you have some extra so you can brush your teeth in a nice, fresh, um, nice, fresh situation. Sharika, what are you recommending? I'm recommending an episode of, I think I've recommended this show before, but they dropped a new episode. The show is called The Shop. It is on Uninterrupted on, on YouTube. And it just dropped a new episode with Babyface, Tiana Taylor, my girl Tabitha Brown, a whole bunch of good people. And I'm excited. And the title is called Success. Success is the greatest revenge. And that's what I'm on. So 
I'm recommending that episode, The Shop Uninterrupted Success is the Greatest Revenge. Ain't that the truth? All right, beautiful people. Y'all know what it is. Um, this has just been another episode where you get a chance to listen to, um, of course, us. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Like Sabrina said, make sure you drink your water. It's just good, not only for just health and wealth, but it's just good, period. Um, and I know people got different measures of what type of water they drink. If you ain't got that bougie bread in you, then just drink something. I don't know. Just make sure it's water. Don't be just drinking alcohol and your pH be off and all types of stuff. Just be crazy <laughs> in your body. It just ain't good for you. Just So make sure you drink that water. And The Shop is a solid show. I have not seen that episode, but, mm -hmm. you know, and I would say even if you don't maybe you're not you're not interested in those individuals but just put in the shop on youtube and you might see a few Good. entertainers or actors or people who you look up to and you're like oh i would love to know what they sat down and talk about like it's it's just great the way that they dive into what seems to be like personal spaces that you probably would get nowhere else it's just like mm -hmm. oh dang i never knew that even happened like you find out all types of i guess i'll say behind the scenes stuff on some of the most um important people so yeah, that's what we got. As always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Until next time.